What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Wizards of Gallery Place podcast. Brennan and Dama back on the show, and today we got Oz from Bullets Forever. Oz, how you doing, brother? Doing good, man. Doing good. Like, look, it's like I talk to you guys all the time. It's it's just you know glad to be back on with you guys. So, yeah, definitely appreciate that. And today we got a special episode. We're gonna go over uh, pretty much report cards for all the players and Tommy and Scott and all that. We're midway through the season. The Wizards just got an impressive win last night over the LA Clippers. What? Well, some may call it impressive. Some may call it luck. Uh, the last episode, Damo and I kind of went over this three-game stretch, and we had our predictions. He predicted we would go. You said two and one, right? I said two and one. Yeah. Yep, you said two and one. I said one and two, and so I was right on that. But I did get the opponents wrong. I did figure that we would lose to Boston, and I think you had that one as well. But then you had us beating Memphis and LA, and I had us beating right. Memphis and losing to LA. So, um, kind of all of us, both of us were just kind of wrong here. Um on that stretch all around. But um, I mean, anything you want to touch on uh, on these last three games or from the game last night? Uh, I mean, the, the Boston one should have been a win, man. That, that, that was just, just, uh, I mean, just goofy, just so goofy. Uh, just a, you know, a so wizard's L, but, um, and in the Clippers one, I mean, the, the Memphis game, that was just, uh, I don't know. I just didn't think they had it that night. I mean, they just they just look flat. And Memphis had guys that shoot like in the twenties uh, from three point range <laughs> that were were looking yeah. like Clay Thompson that night. So I just felt like the Memphis game was just one of those games. Um, and then the Clippers game, they were up six with under forty seconds to go, and they almost gave it away. They tried to give it away, and they did their best. Know, they did their best, but they pulled it off. So I, I'll take it. Any way it come, I'll take it. Yeah, um, before we get going here on the player grades, uh, Oz, you want to touch on anything from these last three games or from the game last night? Yeah, I thought um, – so I was actually really encouraged by what they did out west. I thought you kind of saw a good formula out there. Like, the guards were still doing their thing. Beal was doing his thing. And actually, over the recent play, Beal's assist numbers are going up a little bit. So he's kind of embracing a little bit more of a playmaker role. I mean – Domo, you know, I've, we, you and I have talked about this a lot, and Brendan, the beginning of the season, I was, I was not as high on Beal's play at the start of the season because I thought he was shooting maybe too much and not involving his teammates. Over the last stretch, mm-hmm. I think he's done a better job of playing, you know, uh, being more of a playmaker. Um, so, and I think you saw that out west. Denny didn't get involved as much as I'd like to have seen him get involved, but like, if you look at the LA game, that was actually great. Rui played well. Denny contributed. The guards did their thing, and it was just good. And for the most part, that West Coast trip, West Coast trip was good. But then they came home, and it's natural. Like, you go on a long West Coast trip, and they've been playing a lot of games just to make up some games that they missed earlier in the season. I expected them to kind of be flat against Minnesota, and they did come out flat. I thought, okay, that was maybe, you know, like they, they have to get that one game out of the way, but then they also did the same thing against Boston. That was a back-to-back, but like – Doma was saying that was a game that they really needed to win. I mean, for standings purposes, if they really want to push for the playoffs and just in general, I mean, there was no Jalen Brown. It was just Jason Tatum. You can't let Daniel Thea score, score 20 points. So that was a disappointing Mm -hmm. loss. They came back. They had another flat game against Memphis, a team that just always gives them trouble. And I was actually a little more worried about that matchup because I I think even remember last year, we just weren't competitive either time we played them. Um, And then they did, yeah. And then the Clippers game, I would have, like, if I was just scheduled for the thing, I would have called it a loss. But once Paul George sat out, there was an avenue there to win. And it didn't look good early. But then the second half, obviously, they turned it around. 
Yeah. Um, before we get on the player grades here, I mean, I did say on the last pod that there was a situation that could be painted that the Wizards could beat the Clippers. I just thought that if they were 100% healthy, um, and, and that mainly just means as long as you have Patrick Beverly, um, Kawhi, and Paul George, I didn't think we would have won the game. Uh, but obviously, uh, Paul George missed the game, and we ended up winning. So I thought there was an avenue that um, would be presented that the the Wizards could go down and win that game. But, um, you know, obviously they won and won and two over the stretch and they've won eight of 11 overall in their last 11 games. And um, with that, let's go ahead and get into some of the player grades here. So I'll kind of start off with less relevant and we'll work our way up to more relevant. Um, some of these guys, I don't think it's worth going over like Cassius Winston, Anthony Gill. I don't think those two are worth going over. Um, well, let's go ahead and kind of start here with, Jerome Robinson. Um, I did post these on Twitter to get everyone's opinion. Um, either A, B, C, or trash. Uh, we can go. We can we we can do the plus and minuses with these. Like if we want to give guys a C minus, uh, B plus, whatever the case may be. And then of uh, of course we can turn that trash into D and Fs for our opinion as well. But uh, for Jerome Robinson here, I had forty four votes. Seventy six percent voted trash, um, and twenty percent voted C. So. What do you guys think about Jerome? Um, Oz, we can start with you. I mean, if those are the choices, I was, before you told me what the choices were, I was going to give him like a D just to be nice, not give him an F. But then if those are the choices, you got to put him in the trash category. I mean, they didn't pick up his option. They've given him, they've actually given him plenty of opportunities. When you don't think he's going to play, all of a sudden Scott Brooks puts him in the lineup and then he just continues to underwhelm. Like, he was known for his offense in college, but the offense hasn't even, like, I would expect the defense to kind of be up and down but he was able to put the ball in the basket at Boston college and he can't do that in the NBA. Like there'll be times where he's wide open for a spot up, you know, spot up catch and shoot three. And it just ends up coming up like two feet short and you just don't get it, you know? So, I mean, they didn't pick up his option. He's not playing now and I can't see him getting back in the rotation unless it's just one of those games that nothing is working. And Brooks just kind of just changes the entire lineup in the second half, which he has a habit of doing sometimes, but yeah, definitely in the trash category. Yeah, um, I mean, if you want to give him a D, you can. I just put trash because, obviously, uh, the Twitter polls, it doesn't let you, like, put five options in there, so I had to put four. Um, I'll give him a D minus. A D minus. Okay. Um, I'll, be, I'll, I'll go D plus, and the only reason I'll say that is because I, I still think, even though that his shot isn't there all the time, I still think he's a very talented offensive player. And, um, I mean, maybe the, the numbers don't show that, but I mean, you can tell he has at least somewhat of a feel to the game. And I think that if he was in another situation where he can kind of be the, the 10th, 11th man type guy, um, he could be pretty productive. I'll give Jerome a D plus. I don't hate Jerome. I think he's a, he's a, he's a fine player, I guess. Um, Dama, what do you think about Jerome? All right, man. Um, this is super tra- – he's super trash, man. And, and I say this as somebody who had him potentially as a candidate to start at small forward before the year started. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, he's super trash, man. He has a he has a true shooting percentage worse than Russell Westbrook's, and you're supposed to be a microwave scorer. Like, that is what you're supposed to be able to do well is score the ball. Yep. And he – I mean, you can't – you can't hit nothing. You couldn't shoot in the ocean right now. So – yeah, he's he's trash, man. I think in just watching him, he has a he struggles to separate. Like he doesn't create space at all. Like every time he shoots the ball, it's contested. Um, 
So it, that's that's going to affect your sh- shooting percentage of everything you shoot, and you got a hand in your face because you can't create space. So, um, yeah, trash. Okay, well, it seems like we all agree with Twitter on that one then. Um, next one up is Troy Brown. Now, this is a really tricky one because I think we all here can agree that that he has talent. He's a talented basketball player, but just fit-wise, roster-wise, it's just it's hard to justify him getting minutes at this point unless it's kind of at backup point, and we know that Scott Brooks isn't going to let him do that, and not to mention how Neto is probably the seventh or eighth guy off the bench right now and is pretty damn good this year. So um, Twitter gave... Wow, 43% voted trash, and then 39% voted C with 16 going B. So um, I'll go first on this one. I, In his opportunities, I honestly think he, he's looked pretty confident playing. Um, there was a couple games where he got those opportunities there when we were kind of banged up, and um, I think it was when Russ was out, Paulo Neto I think was injured. It was something like that. We were missing like two out of the three major point guards in the lineup. Maybe it was Ish. Um, and, and I thought that he just didn't look all that comfortable as the main ball handler. But, I mean, his his shot has definitely gotten better since he's been in the league. We know he can be a defensive asset. Um, I'm going to go ahead and still give Troy a D-plus, though. I'm going to kind of give him the same grade that I gave Jerome Robinson. And, again, it's not really all on him. Again, Troy's a fine player. It's just fit um, what the coaching staff wants him to do. It just doesn't make him look good. Um, yeah, I, yeah I, I would agree with that, man. Um, it's funny because I'm looking at him, uh, look, just looking at his over his numbers, and like I, I wish I could give him an incomplete because yeah. I, I can't. It's hard to grade him based on how he's being used. And it's similar to Denny, like he's a playmaking forward, but he's being asked to stand in a corner and catch and shoot. Um, never touch the ball, never get any kind of rhythm. Uh, so I, I gave him a C just because I can't. Uh, it's kind of like grading on a curve. Like I can't really grade him because, you know, he's not being used properly. So I don't want to just kill him but i mean yeah i'm gonna just go with a c just because you can't uh, scott brooks is just burying him and how he's being used so yeah it's it's tough with him i mean i was never like i'm not as high on troy as a prospect as i am as on on denny or Rui. um and I, there, there's certain things about his game that i just haven't loved but at the same time you could clearly see he's being underutilized so i mean i would yeah i was on in the same boat as you i was thinking maybe giving him an incomplete but if i had to give him a grade I mean, you have to grade him, so I would say maybe like a, a C minus. But it's really, I mean, in 200 minutes, what can you really do? What can you really show? You know what I mean? Yeah. And it, he is being put in an unfair situation. Like, look, in the one game that he actually got recently that he got meaningful playing time, it was the first game when they had the, the, the two back-to-back games in Miami. Um, yeah. And I believe Russell Westbrook sat out the first of those games, the one that the Wizards won. And, and Troy jumped in, played 21 minutes, had 9.7 rebounds, and was a plus two. And then everyone was like, okay, now we're going to see Troy. And then he barely played the next game. And then, as you've seen, his playing time has just kind of disappeared since then. Um, in the role they have him in, it's just tough for him. And he's not going to earn more playing time because he's not that, that role doesn't fit him. So he's not going to excel in a role that doesn't fit him. He needs the ball in his hands. He's, he is, I don't think he's like a starter on a, on a good team. 
I don't even think he's necessarily starting here, but can he be like a, a like a, a backup point guard? Sure. I don't see why he couldn't play that role. I mean, he'll add size to, to the position. We're a small team. He would add size to just the overall roster if you put him at the one and just told him to bring it up, and he could hit the catch and shoot three. He's not going to really beat anyone off the dribble at the shooting threes. It's, it, we've always kind of said it. He could do kind of the Sato-type stuff, the Thomas Sadoransky-type things. And yeah. it's like they have that, but they're just, you know, Brooks is so veteran like he leans so much on the vet side and he's obviously in the last year of his deal is trying to probably keep his job. So, I mean, Troy is just one of those, like, you know, one unintended consequences of that. I mean, you have a coach who wants to win now you have Bueller wants to win now and they just can't find, they can't find the minutes and they can't find the role for Troy. So they're basically wasting their 2018 first round pick. Yeah. Um, and I know guys are on a little bit of a, a time crunch here, so we're going to go ahead and skip over a few players here. Um, I, I don't think it's any secret that Ish Smith wasn't, it, it hasn't been playing as well this year as he did last year. Um, Twitter gave him a C on that 50%, 34, voting for trash. That's um, generous. Let's <laughs> see. Very, very, because... <laughs> 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 let's just say that we don't have to talk about it much but if he ends up back in the lineup i mean I'm, i just might just throw like throw something at the television you know yeah, yeah. um let's see isak bonga also i don't want to spend any time on really uh 44 gave him a c 39 gave him trash yeah his shooting percentage i know is amongst the best um on the team but then he kind of came in was it the the Boston game, right? The Boston game, he came in and got a decent amount of minutes. And I thought he played well defensively, but offensively, like, still is just not – he he just doesn't do much. Like, your, your set – your corner shot has to be there, and it's just not there consistently enough for me for him to warrant minutes. So Right. People um, fight his three-point shooting. They're like, oh, look at his percentage. You should just shoot more. But when you shoot – when your release is that slow – and you're shooting uncontested corner threes because that's what the defense is giving you yeah. at one at one attempt per game. It's not like it's not something that will ever threaten a defense. So unless he right, fixed yeah. the shot entirely, he's just you know the, there's never going to be a consistent role for him. Yes. Yeah, no defense cares about Isaac Bongo on the court. No, like, you might as well be four and five, man. <laughs> um. And then the, the next guy I don't really want to touch on because we haven't really seen a whole lot of him, but Alex Len, uh, 57% gave him a C, uh, 20% gave him a B, 17% gave him trash. So um, I think Len's a fine player. Um, it was It's a little confusing to me why we guaranteed his contract for the rest of the season, but I mean, I get it for injury purposes, but... Um, I, I knew we were going to sign him right away, too. I mean, because you knew our center depth at the time, and we don't really have a, a true starting center, per se. So as soon as he got um, released, I tweeted out, like, Wizards 1,000%, and then th- the next day or two, they end up bringing him on. So, uh, I mean, with just the, the local connection and all that, it made too much sense. But um, if any of you guys have any quick thoughts on Alex Lynn, I mean, we can go ahead and get that out of the way. I mean, I thought he's been fine for what we signed him as. I mean, he's by far their best shot blocker. So, yeah. I mean, he he finishes above the rim when he gets the ball, which they don't have. Um, so I can't I mean, remember I mean, the last center been... I saw here that could finish above the rim. Like, when he dunks, he, like, basically, like, pulls down the rim and he just, like, engulfs whoever's yeah. around him. And Lopez doesn't do that because he can't get off the ground. And and Wagner and Bryant aren't that tight. They're not they, – they're both no. like 6'11", 6'10", but they're not the type that'll just like, that are just going to swallow the rim up, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, um, the trash there, I don't get it. It's like he's been fine. His role, what he's being paid, you know, I, relative to that, I'd probably give him a B. I, don't, I think he's been fine. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I would give him a B, honestly, for what, what he was brought in to do. Yeah, that's fair. Um, okay, so now we're getting into main rotation, guys. Um, let's start off with Rui. Um, so 62% gave Rui a B, 25% a C, 11 an A. I think that's about right, to be honest. I would probably give Rui... Uh, that's tough, because sometimes his offense really just is not there. I'll go ahead and give him a B-, minus, just because I think for what they're asking him to do defensively, it's a lot of responsibility. Um, offensively, some games he does kind of keep us in the game or get us back into a game, but there are some games where he fouls too quickly and is out of a game or um, he misses a lot of shots and doesn't really make any shots sometimes. So um, I'll give Rui a B minus, I guess, but I almost want to say C plus. And again, this, this kind of goes back to the Troy Brown thing. It isn't really a knock on him per se. It's more of the coaching and what they're asking him to do. I, I, we wanted to see him take more threes this year. And I don't know what the numbers say on that, but my guess is that he really hasn't. If anything, they probably have gone down. Um, and I just feel like he doesn't really have the ball enough to to do what he does best, and that's score the basketball in the mid-range area. So, um, Oz, I'll let you start with Rui here. So, yeah, I mean, look, I'm really high on him as a prospect. Um, I think I'd probably lean more on, like, the C-plus side, however. C-plus, mm-hmm. B-minus, somewhere in that range. You know, just to be... Just to be objective, that doesn't mean that I don't think like he could still be an outstanding player. He kind of goes in waves, what I've noticed. So like I was kind of looking at this, I was having a discussion with someone else. So the first seven games before he missed time with COVID, he was averaging 13.6, about five boards, a little more than two assists, and his true, true shooting was 58%, and he had a positive net rating. Then he got COVID, they kind of put him right back in the mix right away, and you could tell he was not all there at first. Um, and it took him a while to get his like legs underneath him, get his win back. But he had a nine-game stretch where shooting, true shooting dropped to like 51%. And he was averaging about 12, 7, and 6. And his net rating kind of plummeted to like plummeted. It was like a negative 19 during that stretch. That's when they were kind of losing those games. They lost to Charlotte big. They lost to, uh, I think, the second game versus Miami. They got blown out. It was like kind of during that whole stretch. Then they went out west. He had a seven-game stretch, 15 points, six rebounds, two assists on a 62% true shooting percentage and a plus nine net rating. And like, and that was, he was getting a lot of buzz. I mean, I think Zach Lowe on his podcast said he thought Rui was going to be a really good player coming off of that West coast trip. Like when he was just talking about the Wizards surge and you just, and that's also when he was playing a lot of defense, like kind of his defense was getting a lot more notice. Like people were just taking notice of him guarding Kawhi, him guarding LeBron, him guarding, basically switching on anyone. And but then he came back here, and I kind of excused the Minnesota game, but then he was like, he was flat against Boston. He was flat against Memphis. Yesterday, he started off flat, but that, that and I think yesterday comes, like, captures what is wrong with how they're using him and kind of how it impacts him. So he got six field goal attempts, which is a ridiculously low number, just a, a problem in the organization with how they're treating their draft picks and, and how they're developing. A different discussion, but just ridiculous. So he missed his first two. He didn't get his third shot until like there was a minute left in the, in the first half, um, mm-hmm. which no, well, you, you had mentioned it was like his mid-range shot. And that seemed to get him in rhythm. Then he got the ball three possessions in a row to start the third quarter. Uh, I think it was like a little turnaround hook shot, um, draw, drew a foul, made a three, and then maybe got one. So he led, that led to, what, six points right there on three possessions. 
uh, got his defense going, got his energy going. You could see once he got in a rhythm, then he got engaged on both ends, and he really made a difference in the second half. His defense was – he kind of helped lead their defensive charge in that third quarter, kind of set the tone defensively, and he got them off to a good start on offense. What he has to avoid, though, is he has to avoid – like out west, he stacked good games. What he has to do is if he misses two or three shots, he can't let that kind of take him out of the rest of the game and take him out of it defensively. And he can't yep. stack two to three or well, like four or five games in a row like that. It's not like uh, I was kind of comparing it to like Kelly Oubre with someone. Kelly Oubre would have one great game, then five bad games. So it's not like that. You're getting five good games and you're getting like four bad games and five good games, four bad games. And you can't, you just got to iron that out. I mean, that happens to everyone like Michael Porter Jr., who everyone it's like talks about as a trade target. He had like an eight game stretch recently where he shot 35% from the floor. So part of it is us kind of like hype micro analyzing or kind of just like young players on our team when these things happen throughout the league. But at right. the same time, he's, he has to do himself those favors. And even if he's not getting those touches, he has to figure out a way to get himself engaged and not stack those bad games together. Now, just overall, they need to see that he's a rhythm player. He's not a catch and shoot guy and he's not like a rim runner. So if you get him engaged, he'll be engaged on both ends. If you like, if he gets two or three touches a half, which rhythm player is ever going to get like in the, which rhythm player is ever going to get in the flow that way? Yeah, I would agree, man. I, I just uh, like right when it that second half stretch happened where he he got a post up on a mismatch, got that bucket, then he got a mid range, and then he got to the free throw line, hit the free throw, and then he came back down, and I think he hit he hit like a rhythm catch and shoot three. I was just like, you know, it's 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 funny how that works. Like you give a rhythm player some rhythm and he starts hitting shots and then all of a sudden he starts playing, you know, energy defense. Um, I just think Rui, <clears throat> I think in their push to try to make him a three-point shooter immediately, I think it has him thinking about the game too much. Like I don't want Rui thinking, oh, is this a good shot? Is this a bad shot? Like, I just want Rui just to play, man. Like, I, if you got a small guy on him, give him the damn ball. Let him go at him. Whether it be from the three-point line facing up, whether it be in the, on the block with his turnaround fade or mid-range pull-up, let him play his game because I think he's he's thinking too much on the court. Like, it's just like – it's like the the – it's like a little voice in his head. Like, is this a bad shot? Is this a good three? Am I open? Am I my feet set? Should I take it? Should I not? And it, it is the second guessing that little change in time. The defender is up on you. And I just want to see him just play, just react, read and react, play the game and, and not think so much about what's a good shot. What's a bad shot. Um, and, and I would like to see them actually feature him because for me, he's, He's too big and strong for your, your your typical wing to guard. And he's too quick for your typical front court player. And it's just like, I just see so many stretches where the ball moves without him touching it or being engaged. And I just don't see how you find rhythm that way. You, I mean, you're just not. Yeah. Um. So I think we all kind of line up. Uh, I, I think the the, the B... Maybe C plus range is kind of fair for Rui. I'm going to go ahead and give him a B minus though, just because um, the way he's used, I don't think is necessarily his fault. Um, I know we're approaching that 115 mark here. Oz, are are you still good? Go, we or... can go a little longer. We can go. Yeah, I just 
Okay. Um, I got so that I taken know, care of. <laughs> okay. I have to be out by uh, 1.30. I have a, a group project Zoom meeting I have to get on. Um, so well, I'll, I'll try thing, and... what, No, no, it's cool. Sure. One last thing on just Rui, though. The, the one thing I kind of get is everyone's like, oh, why is he scoring 20 a game? Who scores 20 a game on 10 field goal attempts a game? Um, I think the highest when I sorted by field goal attempts was like 15 points a game someone scores. I think it's like Ben Simmons maybe at that field goal attempts. And, and he has the ball in his hands all the time, probably draw, gets, gets to the free throw line a bit more. Right. But players don't score 20 points a game playing the <laughs> Wizards' Markeith Morris role. You know, so right. that's just not an that's just not a realistic expectation. And I also think the one thing that it like kind of irritates when I hear about Justin Kutcher and, and Drew Good and they keep oh go dunk it. And there are times where he should dunk it, but he's not a six ten, like, you know, springy jump out of the gym type of guy. When you actually no. watched him guarding Kawhi, <laughs> and I'm not comparing him to Kawhi at all, but physically there are a lot of similarities. And do you see Kawhi Kawhi's not going down the court just dunking on everyone every play? So it's like right. they got to realize what they have is like, like you said, they have, they have a biggish, a biggish wing, you know, like yep. he's like, yeah, he could take small, like slower fours off the dribble and he could maybe overpower, you know, undersized matchups. They got to figure out how to use that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you got to think in that vein of a Tobias Harris, Paul Millsap type player, but he's not right. Blake Griffin. Like stop. Like <laughs> I just yeah. like, he's not that. So yeah, understand your personnel and use them accordingly is what I would say. Um, let's do let's do Bertans because I feel like we could get some mixed reviews on this here. Um, so Twitter gave him fifty three percent C, thirty four percent B. Um, I think the uh, a steady C is probably fair and. His shooting was so bad um, at the beginning of the year. It took you out of games sometimes. As much as when he makes it, it puts you in games. When he misses, it really takes you out because, I mean, this is a man that takes some wild shots um, off platform, out of nowhere in the half court, um, in transition when you really need to get a bucket after not scoring in a couple possessions and he just comes down and bricks one in transition. I mean, it was it, it was pretty bad at one point. Um, but he has been shooting the ball better lately, so I'm going to give him a C, and I think his defense has also been better lately. I, I think if you want to give him a C+, plus, I won't argue that, uh, but I think a, a steady C is fair for what we've seen so far, and hopefully uh, you know, he keeps it up in the second half of the season and we can start bumping that back up to a B, B+, plus where he was at last year. Yeah, I would say... Uh... To start the year, December, January, I would give him like a F. I mean, he yes. was horrible. Yes. I mean, for the type, like you said, the type of shots he shoots, you know, those are going to be long rebounds, which means those are going to be fast break opportunities for the opposition. So it, the way he was shooting the start of the year, it, it, it was killing us. Um, but in February, he has a 66% true shooting. In March, two games, he has a 73% true shooting. So I think he's back. I mean, he's catching oops. Reverse slamming it, and, and he's playing defense, like blocking shots. Uh, so yeah, if, if I'm averaging it, you know, F for the first two months, and then the last uh, 16 games or so, he's been an A. Uh, I guess that comes out to what a C. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, <laughs> that's what I would give him. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think I'm around around the same range. Um, Last nine games, he's like at 52% from three, which is just a good, good number. And he's taking like more than seven a game. So, I mean, that's what you want to see out of him. 
and like you said, his leg he just looks bouncier. He looks more lively on the court. His legs are legs are definitely there. It's just well, the thing he has to do is when teams take him away. Like there are a couple games where he just gets off like maybe five shots, and they just can't even you know teams just stick a, a quicker guy on him and have him mm-hmm. just follow him, and he he just can't get his shot off. So he has to figure out a way to contribute, even when teams kind of just try to take him out of the game just by having one guy just follow him no matter where he is on the court. And, like, you can't totally dismiss those first, like, 21 games where he was just really a negative. And, like, what was it, the Portland game when Portland was here when when Denny was playing great, but every time they brought Bertans in, they were just basically hunting him on defense? Yeah. I think it was that game. I mean, when you – look, if he was on the contract he was last year, it wouldn't be a big deal. But when when you're on a five-year, $80 million contract and and they truly – they treat you like the third option behind the two guards – you got to just be ready, you know? So yeah. I'd go C, C minus, but he's definitely trending in the right direction. Should end up, if he keeps us up, he should definitely end up in the B range by the end of the season. Yeah. Um, these next two guys, I don't want to spend too much time on. Like I said, um, let's try and wrap it up here by one thirty. Uh Garrison Matthews got a B on Twitter, 54% B, 23% A, 21% C. There was a little bit of a stretch there where he wasn't really hitting his shots, but for the most part, um, I mean, he's a, he's an energetic player, and I'm going to give him a little bit of a grade bump because of that. Not to mention, he, I think he's a good fit next to Russ and Beal. Play defense, be scrappy, and hit your threes. Um, I'm going to give him a solid B. Yeah, I see that. B's fair. Um, he hits a shot. He hustles. He plays hard. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's fine, especially for he's on a two-way Definitely a guy you want to keep. You don't want to break the bank for him. I think you learned the lesson from the contract you gave Bertans. You don't want to give him like any crazy money. But if you yeah. could keep him at like a, you know, somewhere in like a portion of the MLE for like three years going forward, why not? He, he's a good fit. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I might even, I would probably give him an A. Like, I just think, I honestly think he needs to shoot more. I don't think they give him the ball enough. Yep. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, he ain't he ain't scared. That's what I love about him. He he gonna shoot that thing. So, yeah, I w- I would give him an A actually. Um, Hull Neto, forty four percent B, thirty nine percent A, sixteen percent C. Um, I'm gonna give him. Uh, there are some games where he looks really rough, but for the most part, he's a steady player. Um, I'm thinking B B plus somewhere in that range. I think because of what we've seen from his on ball defense lately, and just his impact on the floor how it affects you know kind of um from the top down kind of thing because the first ones that are going to get the opportunity to play defense is your guard so um i'll give howell a b plus yeah i would i would give him a b as well um i mean his his uh instincts for stealing the ball are are some of the best uh in the league honestly um so yeah i he kind of his offense kind of comes and goes. Some some games he looks like you know a sniper, and other games he's kind of missing everything and yeah, kind of trying to get to the rim and they pinning it on the backboard. Uh, <laughs> but his defense is always consistent. Um, so yeah, I, w- I would give him a B for sure. Yeah, I think I'm in the B plus range for him. Um, I mean, he should have been playing all along ahead of Ish Smith. It was pretty obvious that Ish was not didn't start the season off well and. And that 100% should have been in the lineup before. Probably we probably have two to three more wins if they just made a simple that simple just adjustment at the backup point guard position. Um, I, what I like about him is that, yeah, his defense, his defense, and he can knock down open shots. The defense you saw actually in Denver, um, 
Brad and Russ were having a hard time staying in front of Jamal Murray. There are only so many players you could you yeah. could switch Rui on, so they brought Neto back into the game late because they needed someone who could just bother Jamal Murray, and he did just that. There are times where he will be right on a person, but the size becomes a factor, and they mm-hmm. might just shoot over him. And that's just it. Just is what it is, you know. I mean, that doesn't mean he didn't play good defense. That just means like just height came into play over there. But he play, he he competes on that end. He can make open shots. There are a couple times where I think, okay, maybe he's going a little too shot. Like he's hunting his own shots a little too much, and he should maybe just play make a little bit more. But Vetmin, solid backup point guard. He's been he's been absolutely fine. So definitely B plus. Uh, the obvious fifty five percent gave him a B, thirty eight a C, seven an A. Um, I think I kind of have to give him the same grade that. I gave Rui, and that's, again, it's not really on him. It's just more of the coaching. He shot really well to start the year, and and I was excited because I was like, yeah, this is exactly what we saw with Denny, um, or or what I saw anyway. I wasn't worried about the percentages because his mechanics were so solid, and then obviously as the year has kind of gone on, his shot has went down. But his role has also changed, um, and he gets minutes kind of randomly, I would say, so... Um, it's not really fair to him. He's a rookie, um, but this isn't something unheard of for rookies. Um, but I'll give him, I'll give him a C plus, I guess. I, I want to give him a B minus. I do, but I, I just don't think I can right now. C plus for Denny. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna give him a B, man, because I mean he's been good outside of February. I mean February he shot really bad. Um, and his, his shot is kind of like with most young players, the shot not falling, then you kind of start doing dumb stuff on defense, you know, the frustration files and things like that. Um, I'm gonna give him a B and that's taking into account all of the, the, you know, the, the things we've stated about Brooks and how he's being used, um, you know, seeing him for one of his rare instances where he actually grabbed the rebound and just kept going, took it all the way to the rim. <laughs> you know, I just wish he would do that more. Like stop looking for rush, stop trying to pass it, man. Just, uh. Just take it and go. Play your game. Um, but, yeah, I would give him a B. I would give him a B, all things considered. I'm in the same boat. Definitely give him a B. I mean, he's a rookie, so you got to give him a little bit of a bump. So definitely in that B range. I mean, he's shooting about 36% from three. It has wavered. Now it's kind of, you know, he's hit a couple recently, so that number's creeping back up. He's been fine. It's just the role. I mean, everyone who watched him play, like, look, Wizards Twitter watched a couple a couple videos and figured out quickly this is an on-ball player. This is like a 6'9 playmaking forward. Mm-hmm. Scott Brooks is have, has him camped in the corner like he's a 3 and D. So, yeah. uh, like, I don't understand how they can't identify what just casual fans and even just p- fans who pay attention could realize this very quickly, and they're just not using, utilizing him correctly. There are things that he could do, like Domo said, where he could just grab it off the glass and go. I noticed a couple times when he grabs a rebound, he looks right to Russ. And he needs to stop doing that. And if Russ yeah. is calling for the ball, he needs to back off. Like Russ talked a lot about leadership. Like, you know, I'm trying to understand, guys. Part of leadership is knowing when to, in, when to empower a player on the court. So that is, yep. that's part of the equation. Don't call for the ball when Denny has it. Let him bring it up once in a while, you know? So yeah, that's like, yeah. And like, it's just all like, role. like even yesterday, he played pretty well. But he took in, what, 25 minutes, he took two shots. And I have never heard of a 3.5% usage before. I got to look it up. Maybe it's happened before, but that was his usage yesterday. So if he didn't take it coast to coast at one time, it probably would have been like a 1% usage, which, right. <laughs> I mean, it could, we could be breaking records here with how little he gets the ball. And again, that just goes back to, like, they just got to keep him in, like, 
figure out what they have, which shouldn't be hard to figure out. There's a role. Uh, if you can't find a role for a six nine playmaking forward who has shown the ability to knock down the three to to at least a respectable level, then that's on you guys and not the player. You know? Yeah, I would agree. Hundred percent agree. Um, all right, last player. I don't want to spend too much time on this because I want to spend a, a a little bit of time here and give everyone an equal platform talking about Russ. Um, Robin Lopez, thirty seven percent gave him a B, thirty nine gave him a C. I thought Robin was pretty good, and I thought his interior presence was really noticeable on that five game win streak. I'll, I'll give Robin a B minus. Good with that. Like that's considering like what people the reaction after he signed. I thought I think he's exceeded those levels. Yeah, I still think he's probably got a little more than he, they needed to pay him, but he's been yeah. fine in the role, and he's kind of what I expected at an and he's playing efficient basketball. Yeah, I, I actually Robin Lopez, I would probably give an A surprisingly. Um Okay. It's just uh I just hate the post ups, man. His defense yeah. has been it's been it's been Rudy Gobert level. <laughs> but I just hate the post ups, man. I would much rather see uh I would much rather see a, a Rui post up than a than a Robin Lopez post up. Um but, but that goes back to, to, to Brooks and the coaching, but for what Lopez is being asked to do, I got to give him an A. I can't knock him. I don't know. Hook shot's pretty automatic. It's almost like when we had Kevin Serafini, you knew every time he was going up with that hook shot, it was going in. Um, I think that's valuable. So I, I think that really does need to get more touches, but I like Robin Lopez, man. Um, again, I don't know if I'd give him an A, but again, I think it's more like what you just said, like defensively. I mean, it's it's noticeable. You know, he's not a a 6'11 athletic tower who's going to block everything in sight. But he he's a strong, sturdy fella to the point where when he falls, it's at two miles per hour. So, um, yeah, good, solid B, I think, is fair for Robin Lopez. Um, two Bs and an A for him. Um, real quick, Bradley Beal, there's really not much to talk about. He's picked off where, uh, picked up where he left off from last year. The best mid-range scorer in the game, the best scorer in the game. Uh, maybe you can say Kevin Durant. I'm going to go Beal at this point. Um, his three-point shot really hasn't been there this year, but that's okay. The only thing with Beal is his he has some lapses sometimes on defense, and it's something as simple as giving up backdoor cuts. And I know they're like everyone in our, on our team does that at some point, but it feels like at times where you really need to stop, he gives up a cut. And um, but other than that, I mean, I, I really don't have much to pick on with this game. I think, like I was just saying earlier at the beginning of the year, he just really wasn't playing as well. Like you can still get your shots, but he was legit shot hunting, and I don't think he's doing that right now. He's just kind of playing within the flow of the game. So I'll give Brad an A. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, Brad's an A to me. I mean, that's uh, that's a pretty easy A. Um... He definitely needs to get better with his help defense. Sometimes he get he gets the ball he gets ball watching, um, and he loses his man doing that. Um, but his man on man defense has actually been good this year. Um, you know when he locks in, he gets into his stance. Uh, he's been above average. Um, his defense last night was was really good. Um, playing you know man on man, um, and then his offense. I mean, self explanatory. Uh, leading the league in scoring, and he's doing it, you know, nearly 60% true shooting. I mean, we haven't seen that here in D.C. ever. So, uh, 
Yeah, I he's an A for me. That's an easy one. Yeah. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. Uh, definitely give him an A. I mean, there are things that I said, like like you recapped, things that I said earlier in the season that I didn't like, but I don't think he's shot hunting as much anymore. There are definitely games where I see him being more engaged defensively. Like, uh, I think the Minnesota game, for example, when we were flat, he really got going defensively. He started playing well both ends. The Boston game was another one. He played well defensively. So he's, you're seeing some defense, you're some flashes of defense. And there's some situations where they just also have to, to manage correctly. Um, I think it was Fred Katz I was listening to said that Beal probably asked to guard Tatum on Tatum's game-winning layup. And look, I understand he wants to match up. It's Tatum. It's his guy. They know each other. But you're also giving up four, to, four or five inches to Tatum. That's right. just like where even if Beal asked for it, I know it's tough to say no, but you just got to say no. You know, you got to put more size on him. That's not his fault. They're going to be six five. I mean, six seven, six eight wings that if he's matched up again, he could be right on them and they'll shoot right over him just because of the height difference, you know? So that kind of is what it is. It's just like at the beginning of the season, I thought he was kind of just like letting, you know, letting the perimeter of the defense get broken too easily. I think he's not doing that as much anymore. He does have to be more aware off the ball. I think just with his role, he could easily average, he could average his 32 and he could easily average seven, seven, eight assists a game just by making the basic passes. And if he continues to do that, then yeah, it'll stay in a, and I don't expect him to be the lockdown defender because there's only so much role that you could play. But yeah, yeah, just don't, you know, no LA defense. Like just engage when you have to engage. Yeah. Um, and so we got about five minutes left of time here. Um, we can, I'll quickly go over Russ and I'll give you guys the last two opportunities here to talk about him. Um, we do plan on having another separate episode strictly just to kind of talk more on Russ. So uh, maybe we can get you back on to talk more about that. Um, but, I mean, for the most part, he's just been a net negative. Um, I will admit there are games that we would not have won unless it was for his play style and the way he was um, being an enforcer on the court. Um, that being said, let me look at what Twitter gave him really quick. Um, I think most of Twitter gave him a B, but let me double check. Um, okay, yeah, 40% gave him a B, uh, 27, a C, 18, an A, and 15 trash. Um, I'm going to give him a C. Yeah, uh, uh, I, I would give him a C as well, actually. Uh, I think there are games that we've won because of him, and I think there are games we've lost because of him. Um, and that's just the roller coaster ride that is the Russell Westbrook experience. So, yeah, that's where I would have him at as well. It's definitely an experience. Like, you could just tell, like, that you could do – he'll have a great possession, then he'll have an awful possession. And you're left wondering, like, what the hell's going on here, you know? Like, and it's – like, yeah, I think you got to give him – I mean, I'm in that C range also. Like, you know, I'm not – definitely not a B, definitely not an A. Um he has helped, like, obviously the Brooklyn game, he played an absurd game. And even yesterday, he played really well. I think what yeah. it is is, and, and a, what I, a lot of the comments I hear, a lot of the young guys do seem to kind of, like, refer to him as a leader and kind of what he brings. What I think they just need for him to do a little bit more, just back off a little bit. Yeah. They don't need him to, like, they need his energy. They need him to show that you have to play every day. I think what he needs to do, like in embracing that leadership, is okay. Hey, I haven't gotten Rui a touch in a while. Let me get him the ball. Let me let him bring it up. Oh, let, you know, Denny got the rebound. Let me let him bring it up. He needs to 
those are the things that he needs to do versus trying to just figure out what makes a guy tick. Actually, just they need him to be a point guard. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they need him to be a, they point, need him guard. To be like, a point guard, man. Yeah, even during this 14 game stretch, he's shooting his true shooting percentage is like 48% over the last 14 games. And this is his healthy good play that people are calling it. So, like, yes, and he's leading the league in turnovers. So, he's doing a lot, he's doing good things, but he's also still doing bad things that like waste possessions and kind of and just hurt the team and hurt the offense. And the offense isn't as good as it was even last year without him. So, I think there, there's something there to work with if the coach was tough enough to tell him, hey, this is what we need from you. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I, it's just – it's a roller coaster, man. It's just certain things you see, you're like, okay, that's great. That's what an NBA point guard should do. And then there are other things where you're like, you know, there are middle school kids playing point guard that mm-hmm. wouldn't do that. So it's like – it's it's a roller coaster, man. That's the only really yeah. way I can really describe it. <laughs> yeah, I'm still trying yeah. to understand why people keep passing it to him the last minute of the game. <laughs> That's one thing it. I just need. Bertans had the ball. He's like, "Here, Russ, take it." Because yeah, like, yeah, they, they need to foul. <laughs> <laughs> I shoot 95 percent from the line. You shoot like 49 percent. Here, you take it. <laughs> like, come on, man. <laughs> Like Scott Brooks does surgery on all these guys' brains and has them programmed. As soon as they touch the ball, it goes to Russ. That's literally what it is. I mean, they're yeah. scared to have the ball. As soon as they get it, they're like, Russ, 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 Russ. And right. they look around for him. And it's like, I get it. Like, he's the guy you maybe want to have the ball in transition. But again, it's like, when Denny has the ball, let him bring it up. When Rui has the ball, shit, let him bring it up. What, what's what's the harm going to be? And then if he has nothing, then you give it to Russ and you reset your offense. Like, it's really right. just not complicated to me. Um Right, but, I think he's shooting yeah. close to like 20 times. If he just backs that number down like three, four attempts a game and some of the touches down and just let Danny, Rui, Troy, when he gets in, um, just let those guys, even like when Neto's in with him, let Neto bring it up. Why does Neto have to pass it to Russ? He's a point guard also, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. Um, so thanks for listening today, guys. I know it was kind of forced on time and i apologize um, i just wanted to get an episode out with player grades but we'll be talking about the players more over this break um i'm gonna try i mean Dom, what do you we need to try and get a, a second half preview out um i don't know if we'll quite do a trade deadline just yet but i guess we can kind of touch on that um, when is the trade deadline the 20th right is it i thought it was the 25th something like that yeah something in like two or three weeks and it looks like Blake might be going to the Nets. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> the rich get richer. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, I mean, we'll figure that out. We'll definitely be back with an episode soon. Like I said, I want to have more of a Russell Westbrook conversation type episode. And I know it seems like we have that conversation every other episode, but I really just kind of want to uh, dive deeper into it and get someone else's opinion who is maybe more of a backer of him so he can either change our opinion or he won't and, and probably won't. Um, but yeah. thank you guys for listening. <laughs> you um, definitely won't again. change his opinion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, thank you guys for listening once again. Uh, follow me at Threesus Trice. Follow Damo, uh, Damo underscore LXXXVI. And you can follow Oz at OB2Jive for you. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.